Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. The coach and we think the big dog with us right up until 11 o'clock. Talking sports and more. Again, our phone lines will be open throughout the show. we got plenty to talk about. We'll get off the sports page early and off the day. Plenty to uh, go over in the world of uh, politics and uh, other little news and those titillating tidbits. But... God forbid we actually talk sports on this sports show. There's plenty to talk about, too. College hoops, some big baseball signings, the football coaching carousel in the NFL. Who's getting off? Who's getting on? It's a merry-go-round, but I think we got it straight as three new head coaches are about to be named. Uh, an update from the Australian Open, and we got a little Sox Fest, and, of course, we'll talk some NBA, too. Our Chicago Bulls losing their first home game of the year. How about that, Mel Allen would say. Play a little music and then the two guys at a mic show, TalkZone.com. We'll kick it off and we'll introduce our special guest. Some people may be wondering, who is the special guest? Is it, uh, you know, New England Patriot head coach Bill Belichick? Is it possibly uh, Commissioner of Baseball Bud Selig, who I believe is in the city of Chicago, will be appearing at SoxFest? Possibly. Possibly one of the NBA uh, biggie. Maybe a Dwayne Wade. Maybe a LeBron James from the Miami Heat. No. None of those. I introduce him as a special guest, even though he is our regular co-host because he has special talents. We consider him special on a daily basis, folks. He's my good friend and co-host of the show, checking in via his telecommunicative phone lines out in Aurora, Illinois, the special one himself, Joel Radwanski. Big Dog, how's that for an intro? Uh, a little too much, I would have to say. So what I, I, <laughs> I take one day off and all of a sudden I'm a special guest. I was, uh, that was, I was pouring it on pretty thick, wasn't I? Yeah, that was, that was a little too much. Yeah. Sounds like, you know, like it's like I'm a politician. Yeah. Me up. Eh, sorry about that. I get excited. You know, I miss you for a day. I get excited. So, you know, to me, it's the highlight of my day doing the one hour sports talk with the big dog. So, you know, forgive me for getting overly excited. Yeah. No, I forgive you, coach. <laughs> I'd rather have, you know, like, you know, too much excitement than not enough. Yeah. <laughs> a sarcastic son of a. Uh, by the way, we do want to thank Pigskin Boy. He didn't co-host the show yesterday, but he called and we probably uh, had him on the line for a half an hour. He filled in for you. Did a great job. We talked NFL and uh, uh, we kind of did a little. You would have enjoyed it. A little landscape, a kind of a recap of the football season. We went big picture on some things. It was a enjoyable half an hour. So thank you to the Pigskin for filling in for the vacationing Joel Radwanski. So how many times did you bring up how great Drew Brees was? Zero. Really? Yeah. You got the man crush on Drew Brees. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe subconsciously I purposely kept him away from that because you're right. He does have that. As far as I can recollect, I don't think Drew Brees came in the discussion, thank goodness. Wow. That's, that's surprising, especially considering the season he yeah. had. We did decide, though, uh, if we're invited to the Rules Committee meeting, we did decide the two, th- two rules, and me and Pigskin were in agreement on that. One, the overtime rule that they have in the playoffs should absolutely be adopted during the regular season, and two, 
Uh, we both agreed, and I think you're with us, a little pet peeve here on the pass interference penalty, that it is getting too ticky-tack. The referees need to let more go, and in fact, and this was my brilliant suggestion, that they need to bring in, like they did face masking uh, about five, ten years ago, a incidental or a non Flagrant, that'd be a better way to describe it. Non-flagrant pass interference. So the 40-yard fling down the field, that is a shaky in-between call, and the referee throws the flag, doesn't become a 40-yard gain. Give him 5 or 10 yards, but it doesn't affect the game quite that much. Yeah, no, I have no problem with that, Coach. I really don't. Because, yeah, there's times where you don't call the pass interference when there was pass interference because maybe it, it, it would solve a lot of issues, Coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that rule. And you, like you that. really can combine the two of them where it can be problematic. Let's say the game goes overtime, and right now in regulation, teams that win the coin flip, you get a field goal first, you win the game. Hard-fought yeah. battle, one field well. Combine the two rules, you win the flip, you get the ball at the 32, the other team stops you on a couple of runs, plays good defense. Third down, you fling the ball 35 yards down the field, and the referees, despite being told, hey, let's try to watch the ticky-tack calls, you know, don't only call. You know, they're human, and some of the refs get caught up into it. They throw the flag, bad call on a ticky-tack play, 35-yard pickup, field goal kicked, game over. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That's, yeah. I mean, there's worse things in life that happen than a team getting robbed on a on a game like that. But you're right. You don't want that to happen. At least in the playoffs, that's less likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Something like that. The way it's set up. We got some new uh, NFL coaches on the coaching carousel. In fact, uh, David Olson, I think, has one you might not even be aware of. But real quick, before Greg we... Shiano. There it is. Wow. You are right on top of it, Big Dog. Yeah, Coach, I don't mess around when it comes to, to football. I hope you realize yeah. that. Right Sometimes you mess around, but... Uh... Very impressive. I was not aware of that. Greg Schiano, college coach. Any experience yeah. in the NFL for Coach Schiano? Uh, his only experience in the NFL was a defensive backs coach for uh, under Dave Wanstead and the Chicago Bears in the ah, late nineties. I forgot he had a little Chicago blood in him. Yeah. So that's uh, other than that. Yeah, he's. It, you know what's kind of funny is there's been a couple hires the last day. Chuck Pagano, yep. defensive coordinator for the Ravens, is now the head coach of the Colts. Oh my goodness! And uh, and then now this uh, Chuck Schiano thing, you know, there, this hasn't really been blown up. There hasn't been a lot about it, especially considering there isn't a game this Sunday. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Normally they just blow. I mean, it's kind of nice that you have two unknowns kind of getting these NFL jobs. They're not making a big deal out of it. Normally mm-hmm. it'd be five days of coverage, you know, in-depth analysis of <laughs> you know what is John Gruden going to do now that he's the head coach of the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. You gotta deal with that for like a week. It's, it's like, oh yeah, they hired Pagano and Shiano, let's move on. It's, it's seriously the quietest head coaching hirings I've, I've, I've like ever known. Uh, you could make it three because Dennis Allen, defensive coordinator for the Denver Bronco, he got named the uh, Oakland Raiders head coach. You're, no, you're exactly right, coach. You're 100% right. That's another one. Really, really low key. And that very rarely happens in the NFL. Do you ever get low key head coach signings? Mm hmm. And it's interesting, too, because the Indianapolis Colts, which are known for their offense, they got Peyton Manning. Now, Peyton's talking about maybe Indianapolis is ready to move on. But if it's not Peyton Manning, they're going to bring in Andrew Luck. So a program known for offense, and interestingly, they bring in a defensive guru, Chuck well, Pagano, or the Raven defense. Well, if they're going with Andrew Luck as their quarterback next year, they better have a really good defense. 
So the Chuck Pagano signing might be a, a good hire if you consider it that way. Coach, I don't know what the Colts are doing, but if they really are separating themselves from, from Peyton Manning, they better do it the right way. If they, I mean, do you think they're really just going to cut them and just let them go? And then Peyton will have to be a free agent. I mean, that would be one of the craziest free agent spectacles ever. Forget LeBron. I mean, LeBron was like the whole, you know, he's the greatest player ever, blah, blah, blah. This is, this is totally different. This is the greatest quarterback of all time, and you don't know whether he's still the greatest quarterback of all time or if the guy is Caleb Haney right now because of his, his, uh, his tricep. So it's, I guess what happened is the, the, the nerve hasn't totally regenerated, so he doesn't have total feeling in his, his tricep. But he was cleared to play the last couple of games of the year when Ursay wouldn't, wouldn't let him play. Mm-hmm. This is this is the biggest story in the history, like off season of football that doesn't have anything to do with like whether or not they're going to play the games the next season. You know what I mean? Like one player, forget the whole Brett Favre is he coming out of retirement. This is totally different. This is like a good guy who wants to play football. We don't know whether he can or not, and he's the greatest. I mean, can you imagine like if Michael Jordan was hurt at the end of his career, coach? You know what I mean? And the Bulls weren't willing to risk. Michael Jordan, because it's a back, and back is an issue, just like neck is an issue in football. Mm-hmm. If, if this is really what's going on, if, if I was them, if I was the Colts, I would pay him his $28 million bonus on March 28th and then trade him and try to get as much as I possibly can for him. To just cut him. And I, I know it's not like a paint man will figure out how to go without the $28 million. But you would just be like... I would not be cheap about a coach. If you really want to so, win a Super Bowl, you, you want to rebuild your team, if you really want to do that, then you pay Peyton Manning his money say, thank you very much because I sold a trillion freaking jerseys and made half of the revenue off of it for everyone I sold. Thank you very much, Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And I want, from whoever I'm sending you to, I'm rebuilding this organization. I want a first-round pick, and then I want five second-round draft picks because those are the best draft picks, coach. You know that's where the – because the money goes significantly down in the second round. And don't tell me yeah. a guy picked – 40th is any worse than the guy take 20th. Let me ask you here. We're talking to uh, Indianapolis enthusiast and uh, NFL insider Joel Redwanski on the two guys in a mic show. Let me ask you. I'm not quite sure how it works. Um, to me, to the average fan, it would be a no-brainer. Uh, obviously, you would trade Peyton Manning and get, you know, two, three, four really good players in return. If yeah. you cut them, you get nobody in return. Now, What's the financial okay. – why is that so simple? There's got to be more to it than that. Well, yeah, there is a lot more to it than that. And it just so happens that in this particular contract you – know, I'm sure everybody who listens to this show, or if you don't know, NFL contracts are guaranteed. Right. So they that... put in, like, bonuses. So, okay. like, you have your signing bonus. So Peyton Manning signed a huge deal, like a $100 million deal. He got a $33 million payment, and then the rest of the contract was basically up in the air. So he gets something now where if he, if the, if they offer him his signing bonus to be on the roster for next year, then all of a sudden Peyton, they know Peyton's going to be the quarterback for like the next four years and they give him like $28 million up front and then he makes like $20 million a year. So he would make like $50 million next year to play for the Colts. Mm-hmm. $28 million signing bonus and then the, what uh, if, they, if they wanted to trade him, would they owe him any money? Yes, that's what they can't trade him ah. until after like the the way that it's the fiscal year in the NFL. Nobody can trade anybody right now because this is 2012. The, the this is 2011 season. The fiscal year, the trading deadline is done. Okay, it starts up again after 
Peyton is due his $28 million. Do you see what I'm getting at, Coach? You can start trading people again exactly seven days after Peyton Manning is due his $28 million. Ah. So if you want anything for Peyton Manning... And the plot thickens. Yes, you have to... And you know what? The the way I look at it, this is not my money. It's really easy for me to say this, but I'm a simple man. And if somehow I ended up owning a a football team like Jim Irsay did, who basically was handed it by his dad, and all of a sudden he's now a... Dude, he's the drunkest guy ever. Jim Irsay (laughs) is drunk. If you don't... If you say I'm... If I'm out there... And I might be splitting, you know, libel. Look at him. If he isn't the drunkest owner in the history of football, go ahead and sue me, Jim Irsay. All right, so let me. So the guy's just trying to make a name for himself. But if you're Jim Irsay and you really want to win a Super Bowl, you have enough money. Pay Peyton Manning his twenty-eight million dollars and trade him somewhere, and be like, oh, oh, Jets, you think you're close to the Super Bowl? I want your first-round pick this year, your second-round pick this year, and for the next four years, your second-round draft pick. And you get Peyton Manning. And that's okay, that cost me $28 million. But for $28 million, I got the right to six draft picks, and three of them are going to be extremely good players. I'll pay that $28 million, no problem. I think one of the keys is his health. Teams, if, if they knew he was still Peyton Manning in his prime and he's still not that old of a quarterback, if he's perfectly healthy, I think you'd get that kind of incredible value. I would think some teams are going to be a little bit hesitant to give up you know, the entire package. You'd get good stuff, but maybe not quite what you were just asking for because there's going to be some hesitancy on his health. Okay, by the way, Coach, I forgot to throw that. You make sure he's healthy first. Yes. Okay. And I don't you know, how how, how do you do that, time? though? It was, uh, nope, you could put him through a physical. And then you show the rest of the NFL. And then you pay him $28 million. And if the rest of the NFL is like, hey, they paid him $28 million, yeah. they, he's probably healthy. Okay, so yeah, but you know you can put him through a physical, but there there's injuries where you know if you get hit, it could reoccur. You know it might not. You know so it's it's a little bit more complicated than just the basic physical. Yeah, the tricep looks good. Let's let him go out there and play. Well, if as long as the nerve is regenerated, he's fine, coach. He'll Mm -hmm. be fine. And that's the key. That's it's really it's as simple as that. It's a horrible injury. But once it starts back again, you're fine. Your your okay. your nerves will start working again. It's not like uh-huh. uh, it, it's not like uh, like a knee issue or a back issue. But the thing is, if it, if it does, it, the thing is, it could never regenerate, and then he's done forever. The next are one thing that it, he could be done forever. You're exactly right, coach. But mm-hmm. if they say he's all right, he'll be all right. Indiana Colt apologist and uh, NFL insider Joel Radwanski joining us here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show. By the way, our inside sources told us that backup quarterback Curtis Painter has sent a text to the new coach, and the text simply said, it's my turn now. So yeah. Andrew yeah. Luck and Peyton Manning may have to wait. Curtis Painter putting his name right to the front of the pack. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think he... I, I don't think he's going to be the backup next year, Coach. Uh, Orblowski is definitely the, the Colts' backup to Andrew Luck next season. Four simple words, Big Dog. The text, all caps, by the way, all caps, to the new coach, uh, Chuck Pagano. It's my turn now. Curtis Painter is speaking out. Well, that's that, that's, that's bold statement. So Dan Orblowski actually won two games for them at the end of the season. I, he's actually a decent backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's better than what the Bears have. I would, I would rather have the Bears with Dan Orlovsky as their backup quarterback than I don't want to consider him fast. I always like the Dan Marino look-alike uh, Dan Orlovsky. Not a bad backup quarterback, actually. Apparently, uh, 
someone emailing in saying that that text to Chuck Pagano, he actually had the wrong number, and it was to a dating website, and Curtis Painter, I believe, will be going out with a 50-year-old divorcee this evening. I'll tell you something, Cougars like quarterbacks. Hey, worst things could happen. Uh, You know, it didn't hit the head coach, but uh, hey. Long as the guy's not married, there, there's there's worse worse ways a text could have been sent to a wrong phone number, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. got a good name. Yeah, but apparently Dolores in uh, Galena, Illinois, was very happy to receive the "It's my turn now" email or text. Thank you very much. <laughs> there's nobody named Dolores who's only fifty years old. Only fifty. Every single Dolores on the planet is older <laughs> than seventy. Scientific studies will show, huh? Yes, yes. Oh, goodness. All right. Big Dog and the Coach talking nonsensical sporting uh, franchises and more information here uh, on the two guys at a mic show. Our phone number, if you want to check in, 888-463-6748. New coaches in the NFL. we got the Super Bowl coming up. Lots of interesting things happen in the world of baseball. Big Dog, you were not here yesterday. We have to bring up the fact, and by the way, David Olson put up a great picture of a young Prince Fielder, I think at the age of 10 or 11, a young and rather large, by the way. Prince Fielder on our Facebook page. I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, talk about uh, the Prince going to the Detroit Tigers for what nine years and a hundred and nine? No, a two hundred, two hundred and fourteen million for nine years. Prince Fielder, a Tiger. Yeah, let me figure out the financial numbers of that coach. Yeah, uh, yeah almost twenty-four million dollars a year. Uh, v Mark Victor Martinez, their uh, DH. Nine years. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well. well Victor Martinez just went down. The Tigers know that they have a chance to win the World Series next year because they got an extremely good team with a number one starter and a lot of depth. So Mike Illich, the owner, basically told the Tiger fans or proved to the Tiger fans, hey, please keep coming to my ballpark because I'm going to put somebody in our lineup that is going to dominate and drive in 110 runs plus for the next nine Mm -hmm. years. Mike Illich, what a good move by the owner. He wouldn't have had to do this if Victor Martinez didn't get hurt. Wait, did you, so you think hurt. it's a good move? A waste of season. What's that? You think it's a good move? Yeah, I think it's a really good move. It's a better signing than Albert Pujols that the Angels made. Nine years, though. You look at Prince Fielder's weight. Pujols got ten years, and Pujols is five years older than Fielder. Think about this. Prince Fielder is 27 or 26. I mean, we'll say 27. Which means that in the last year of his contract, he'll be 35 going into 36. He'll still be a viable baseball player. Yeah, but his knees, uh, medical doctors have looked at his knees for carrying that weight around. And again, you look at our Facebook page. What is our Facebook, David? Mike, two guys? Two guys and a mic. (laughs) He's smart. Two guys, two guys, Mike, or two guys and a mic? Two guys, Mike. No, two guys and a mic. there, There you go. The actual name of the show. Very good. Check out. And he was pretty big guy back then. Big dog medical uh, doctors have analyzed his knees. He may be 26. Prince Fielder's knees for carrying that weight around all these years are estimated at about 52. Yeah, well, I don't know about any of that, Coach. I, 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 doubt, I doubt you actually have talked to these doctors. But I know this. The guy's missed one game in the last three years. Okay, the guy never misses any time. He plays hard. He, he hits in the clutch. This is a phenomenal signing. And you're right. Maybe the last two years aren't all that good. But all I know is for the next four or five years, they have got one of the most dominant bats in the lineup. And they're going to bat him behind Miguel Cabrera, who is the best right-handed hitter Ooh. in the American League. Wow. Coach, this is a smart signing. I know it's a lot of money. But they are. it's not like they're just 
it's not like they're the Washington Nationals throwing two hundred million dollars at somebody, mm-hmm. or the, the Cubs throwing one hundred thirty-six million dollars at Alfonso Soriano. This move, they are on the verge of winning a World Series. They had to replace Demart in their lineup, and think about the year after when they get Demart back. Oh my goodness, their lineup three, four, five, and then six is going to be Delman Young. It's going to go Prince Miguel Cabrera, Prince Fielder. Vmart and Delman Young, three, four, five, six in a lineup. That is that's one of the great lineups of the last fifty years in baseball. Coach. Don't forget my favorite leadoff. One of my favorite leadoff hitters in all of baseball. My guy Johnny Peralta. But Peralta isn't really a leadoff hitter. He'd be batting second. Uh, they would. They'd have Brendan Bosch batting leadoff for them. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Johnny Peralta is like you said. But he, he really is a leadoff hitter. He drives in runs. That guy hits. You know, 18 to 22 home runs every year in Dresden, like 75 runs. He's a shortstop. And then you got Brennan Bosch out there who can flat out hit. That, that team is loaded. The only problem is their defense is not going to be very good. Because guess this, Miguel Cabrera has now said he's going to move to third base. Miguel Cabrera, coach, playing third. Well, that's so where he, to- that's, that's where when he, when he won the World Series with the Miami or the Florida Marlins, he was a third baseman. Well, uh, Mike Lowell was playing third then. He was playing right field when they beat the Cubs in 03. But he Cabrera? moved, uh, he, yeah, yeah, he moved to third base after he okay. was the outfielder. Okay. And, and he played, the last time he played third base was four years ago. Mm-hmm. I was, I was watching, uh, uh, Clubhouse Confidential last night. Miguel Cabrera cost the Tigers 16 runs that season defensively. He was the worst defensive third baseman in like, the, in the last like 15 years was him the last time he played third base. And now he's going to play third base. Every day, four years later, when Justin Verlander isn't a strikeout pitcher, he's a he's a like a ground ball pitcher. Nothing wrong with that. He's a power ground ball pitcher. So it's 98 mile, mile, mile hour sinkers, and he, you know that's not good. So I don't know if the Tigers are doing the right thing in terms of that. That's the only thing is they don't have a very good defense. Now they have a great lineup and a great pitching staff with no defense. Is Clubhouse Confidential is that the show that comes on after HBO's uh, what is it, The Bunny Ranch, or what's that show called? I, I haven't seen that one yet. But it's on uh, the Clubhouse MLB Network. Confidential. Okay, I might be so uh, the show I'm thinking of doesn't have anything to do with baseball. What's the a, HBO a, show? The What Ranch? I, I'm, I don't, I, I'm not the sure. Cat House. That's what I'm thinking of. I think it's the Cat House and then Clubhouse Confidential. Are you sure you're not getting your shows mixed up, Big Dog? Because there I'm was pretty, a girl. There was a girl on the Cat House that looked a little bit like a young Miguel Cabrera. I got to tell you. I really don't need to even think about that. Actually, it wasn't bad. That was one greasy dude. It wasn't bad. Uh, I'll let... never forget Miguel Cabrera. Forgive him. He just dominated the Cubs in that playoff skirt. Yeah, he was. Uh, and what was he, like 19? Nine... He got one the game, I think. And how old? He was like 19 years old. He was 19, right? Coach. Well, well, no, hold on. No. He was 19, Miguel Cabrera, back then. In 10 years, we'll find out that he was <laughs> yeah. uh, Jose Gutierrez, and he was 26. <laughs> okay. That's just... Yeah. This is another story for another day. Yeah. In 10 years, you guys are going to love this, right? I just have to keep that quiet on the DL till then. Good point. St. Louis Larry, one of our fine listeners, St. Louis Larry emails in, asks the big dog, how do you compare that contract with, I'm sorry, not St. Louis Larry, San Francisco Larry, uh, with the Tim Lensico signing two years, $40.5 million for the long-haired, somewhat awkward but highly effective Timmy Lensico. Uh, Tim Lensico is one of my favorite athletes ever in the history of sports. Uh, he, it was, a, it was, they rewarded him, coach. They didn't have to do any of this. They didn't want to go to salary arbitration. 
he was up, so they would have had to go to court. You know, like their court, and uh, basically, uh, Lincecum's management would have to hire somebody like me, and they would go in there and be like, "He's the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. That is whipped." Blah blah blah. This is why. And then Major League Baseball, excuse me, the San Francisco uh, Giants would then have to hire somebody out, like from Stats Inc., and they would come and be like, "Lincecum is overrated. He doesn't get into the seventh inning enough." And then after that, they decide, you know, when it goes to arbitration, it gets real ugly. The Giants, Lincecum was like, we want $20 million for the next two years. You know what the Giants were like? All right, we don't want to go to arbitration. Here's $40 million. They gave him an extra $500,000, Coach. Yeah, I like that. We were talking about that yesterday. The point, I always wonder how the point five works into a negotiation. The guy's getting $40 million for two years, and they're battling it out for the point five. But he got it. Mm -hmm. He got it. the Giants were like, we don't want to bash you or do whatever mm-hmm. in uh, in arbitration court. Seriously, that was pretty. Oh cool. yeah, yeah. Well, if they took the point five away, you know, and just offered them forty million, that's bashing them. No, 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 no. That's not my point, coach. <laughs> okay, that's not my point. The, he said he wanted twenty million dollars a year, right. and they gave him more than twenty million dollars a year. So the big they dog is. Uh, you are very supportive of these owners throwing around money. It's it's amazing how no, 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 generous. I know I'm smart one. This is a two year deal, coach. And the other one, the Tigers are all about winning a World Series. I'm not about teams signing big deals. You know I'm normally not. That's why you're catching me on a strange day. These make sense. But a two-year okay. deal, I don't care how much you pay somebody. You only give them a two-year deal. It's, when you do, like, a Soriano thing and basically, like, and by the way, Alfonso Soriano is not Alfonso Soriano. He's really not 35. He's really uh, Ricardo Ramirez, and he's 47. Coach. I thought That's it, another thing I thought it was Hank on. Goldstein. Might be. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God, that just fell off the earth. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Who was that? I'm almost forgetting now. Who's the player that brought up all the jokes that we're making now? Oh, uh, Fausto. Fausto yeah, Camarona, Fausto right? Camarona. For those yeah, people that don't know what we're referring to, Cleveland Indian pitcher Fausto Camarona back in the Dominican Republic. Basically, they discovered last week, Big Dog, that his name was something like Hector Ramon Ramirez, and he was, what, five years older than his actual... I believe it was three years older, but that's still like because like when they signed him when he was sixteen, they you know they, he was nineteen, but they thought he was sixteen. That's a big difference, you know. You see a sixteen-year-old, and you're it's totally like that. They throw him that hard to sign the kid, and you find that oh, he's actually because you grow a lot between sixteen and nineteen. He isn't the only one. Miguel Tejada, you know, it's the the strange thing about this coach is whenever you hear about like, oh, this guy was so and so and. It's usually like a big time prospect that didn't pan out. So like if you make it to the major leagues, you have enough money you can cover that stuff up long enough. As soon as you don't make it, oh and by the way, he didn't make it because he was really five years older. How many guys in the major leagues are really like that? Mm-hmm. Honestly. Think about it. And you know what's going on right now with the whole Cuban situation? Just to let you know, this morning, uh uh Usniff the Pettis, Major League Baseball says he's a free agent, he can be signed by anybody. Guess who's going? The Cubs are going there right now. They're going to throw uh, probably like a five-year deal at this guy, coach, and mm-hmm. probably around fifty million dollars for five years. By the way, did I see David Olson that uh, I read somewhere? Fidel Castro, speaking of the fine country of Cuba, weighing in on our Republican National Convention. I didn't see what his comments were, but do you know what uh, Fidel was? He putting his support behind one of the candidates, or? No, I can get the exact co- uh, quote, but he was not too kind to either one of the Republican front, ah. front runners. Yeah, that, that, that's usually a thumbs up, then. Well, there were some pretty nasty comments made about him, I think, in the last debate, because the last debate was held in Florida. 
So obviously Cuba becomes a issue that they're going to bring up at that point, and they were pretty uh, pretty specific that you know when Fidel basically dies, you know, and, and Cuba decides to head under a different regime, and then we'll talk. That was kind of the Newt Gingrich slash Mitt Romney approach. Well, no, Mitt Romney, what Mitt Romney said was, if he's president, he'll take Fidel Castro off this planet, his exact words. So maybe that's that's why Fidel was speaking out. Wow. That's pretty strong coming from Mitt. Wow. All right. We got more problems than baseball, apparently, in Cuba. That's one of those things where that's not an issue for the United States right now. I mean, it was back in the 60s, and actually it wasn't. You know, we kind of created that ourselves, but... You know, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. I can understand in the 60s or 70s having that mentality. By now, do you really think we should be worried about Cuba? At, at, you, I think that is the right thing to do is, just, okay, when Castro's out, all right, just, just make sure that some like dictator that's willing to have terrorists come into Cuba take over, and all of a sudden we have a bunch of terrorists. Still going on boats, getting into Florida. And, let us and not forget our, Let us not forget, good friend of the uh, program, Raul Castro, is now basically in charge of Cuba. So Fidel does pass away. Raul, who I can't say he's a regular listener, but uh, our inside sources tell us on occasion he is a friend of the program. Two guys at a mic show. Raul's running the show over there, big dog. So Fidel passes away. It doesn't mean there's a regime change. Thank you very uh, much. He actually, he actually has somebody who listens for him, coach. But since we did talk a lot of baseball today, and we yes. brought up Cepedes, uh, mm-hmm. he's definitely listening. If you say the word Cepedes, and people like they, they, cut, they cut your head off right now because he's leaving. I he's t- the greatest <laughs> baseball player ever out of the freaking country. I told David Olson off air yesterday. I think emailer Mishmash Mali is really uh-huh. Raul Castro or one of his people. <laughs> well, that, this could be true. Uh, don't, yeah, probably not, but they, it could they, be. They, right. Those guys don't listen. They have like ten other people <laughs> listen to the radio for them. <laughs> It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. There's a job yeah. for you, Big Dog. You could be, you could be shipped over to Cuba. Or if anybody needs a, you know, sports talk listening chauffeur, I think that'd be a perfect job for you. Okay, hold, hold it. Check this out, Coach. Uh, Mark Pinsky. Do you remember him, <laughs> Mark Pinsky? Do you remember who I'm talking about? Yeah, I went to a uh, Northwestern game with Pinsky a couple of weeks ago. I got, I got to talk to you about that too. It was an interesting experience. Well, uh, well, Mark Pinsky was a general manager at W. He still is at WSBC Radio. Yep. And he's like, he's like Joel, I can hook you up with a pretty good job if you want it. And I looked into it. It would have been in Northwest Indiana, and all I would have had to do was I would have been the general manager of this radio station. Okay. And I, I, I contacted the person. They were more than happy to come and have, have me go out. There. I would have had to quit the morning break though. That would been a problem for me. And then after I go out there, all I would have had to do is sit in the. Everything was everything was syndicated, so I just had to make sure that the radio was actually playing. So I would be a general manager of a radio station, but all I would really be doing is just sitting in a room making sure that the the radio kept playing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I was sounds, like, I'm that's, I was sounds like the job description of uh, Bears' uh, Jim Phillips. Yeah, no doubt. I can put that on a general manager, and I don't do yeah, anything, really. What the heck? I'd have to, hey, hey, so, an engineer, somebody put the radio back on. That's all I would have to do. Is a volunteer job, or are they actually going to pay you for this? Well, no, no. It was going to be actually paid, like, ridiculously well. I was going to wow. have to work there about 50 to 60 hours a week. So why the hell was, didn't you take it? Uh, because I had to sign a contract that I was going to live my life devoted to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. And I honestly turned down five grand a month for me to sit in a place. And coach, 
You have no idea. And at that time, I was a little bit wilder. There would have been girls in there. There would have been, uh, I would have had, I would have brought a TV in with my PlayStation. I would have played football. Well, I would have like uh, 10 hours a day. I'll stay here for 18. What are you talking about? I live in my own little playhouse. And I said no because I did not want to, I, I couldn't write that on a contract. So it's funny, but I've had that offer of actually my job would just be to like listen to something. That's all I would have had to do. Wow. Wow. Dedication to the job. That's all I can say. Baseball. Enthusiast and insider Joe Rodwanski talk a little hot stove here in the middle of the winter. You gotta love it. Uh, we got the Sox Fest coming up this weekend in Chicago. Big dog. Uh, two questions. One, because we had the Cubs Fest a couple of weekends ago. Uh, one, any chance you will be appearing or making an appearance or stalking somebody or be undercover at the Sox Fest? And two, curiosity wise, do other baseball teams in Major League Baseball do they have conventions in the winter? Or is it pretty much a Chicago thing? No, no, Coach, I, I'm serious. I will do it. I will do this if you film it. But I will go to Stockfest dressed up as this year man, <laughs> a mask on, okay, and just start talking smack to everybody. I'll do it. And, again, for those folks not aware, this year man has his own Facebook page, and basically it's a Superman-type outfit, Cub Colors. It's a Cub logo. It's the new Cub mascot, at least we'd like it to be, and it's based on the – Cub frustration for many years. You call yourself this year, man. Yeah. So will you do it? Will you? Can you get your son oh, with man. an HD camera to come down it's and film this debacle? It's an unbelievable you know idea. I I will do it. I will do it. I just we just okay. Let's do it, coach. I can't. I can't. I'm le- I'm going out of town Sunday and Saturday. I, I don't know if I can pull it off. Is your son going out of town? The one with the HD camera. He, he is not. It's possible. I think if we paid him a little bit, it's possible. Well, let me see if I can get Idris on it. Okay, I'll, I'll get. But that is a that's hilarious. Right. It's freaking funny. And you know what the thing is? You'd have, you'd have to have coat. a couple Bloody Marys before you head down there. Oh, no, I know. I'm going to get hammered. I'll, I will. Wow. Uh, I'll wear a couple boots. I'll get the <laughs> red boots, the red tights. But I mean, it, I'll, I'll wear it all, coach. You still got the outfit? I still have the outfit. I. I had a dry cleaned about two months ago, Coach. <laughs> I shined up the boots about a year ago. I haven't worn them since. So. You had a, what did the dry cleaners say, just out of curiosity? Here, I, I got uh, four shirts, a uh, couple of jackets I need cleaned, and here's a Superman's outfit if you could dry clean it that for was, me. That was before I met Lily. The lilacs so was like well more than two months ago, and I didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you said to me, but that's when I used to just go in there to have that particular woman dry clean my stuff. Ah. I don't know what she said to me, but it wasn't it wasn't polite. That's all I know. But I found out later that when Asian people are yelling at you, that means they like you. So if you when you see two pe- Asian people screaming at each other, mm-hmm. that means they really like each other. Do you know what I'm talking about? It, uh, no, but I'll take your word for it. Okay. I've always said bit, bits of information come out of this show at the weirdest time. Uh, if not entertaining, the show can be informational at time. Very little, uh, nice little <laughs> sociological tidbit of the Asian variety. From the big dog, yeah. Joe Wadronsky. Very nicely done. Uh, how yeah. about question number two, dog? Just out of curiosity, and then we got to move along to some other stories and get out of the hot stove. But it is great talking baseball. By the way, pitchers and catchers report. About 27 days, big dog. Pitchers and catchers report. Closer to 22. Oh, you're that. talking about get pitchers and catchers report. Pitchers and catchers report. Get so excited. Uh, what about uh, do other cities have conventions, or is that pretty much a Chicago-based thing? No, no, other other teams have done it. The Cubs started it. That's why I don't think it's cheesy. If you started it, if it's your thing, 
everybody else copied you. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, if, uh, like, when UW, the Huskies, they, when they do the, the, what do you call it, the wave at their games, it doesn't bother me. Anybody else who does it, I'm like, you're copying and it's cheap. But, uh, so I don't have a problem with it. And other teams do it, Coach. Everybody, I mean, the Yankees do it. The Red Sox do it. But I know the Texas Rangers do it. The Giants do it. I think everybody does it now. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, a real easy way for them to, like, almost, like, get the team together about three weeks before spring training, too. You know, it really, I mean, I think that has something to do with it, like, uh, for an organizational standpoint. And then, uh, you know, then it's another way for them to, one, try to draw interest in their team. You know they're trying to sell season tickets at all of these events, mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, try to groom, you know, the, the 8-year-old, the 10-year-old, the 15-year-old to either fall in love with baseball or, or continue to love the game of baseball. So, mm-hmm. I mean, baseball's dying for you. You know that because you talk, you always complain, oh, they don't like it the way they use No matter what sport it is, you always talk about how it's not as intense or the people don't like it. But the only one I kind of agree with you about, Coach, is, is baseball. Because it, it is kind of where you talk to a 15-year-old right now and you ask them, who's in the World Series this year? They wouldn't be able to tell you, you know, well, the Cardinals beat the Rangers. Where 20 years ago, you would have said, who's in the World Series this year? They would have been like, well, the Cardinals beat the Rangers and the third baseman for the Cardinals was David Fries, and he was phenomenal. You know, they would name every single guy in the lineup. Times have changed. Mm-hmm. Sad, but so true. That's what, so maybe these conventions kind of they do it the right way, try to build up more of, like, a love of the team and the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, the, the romance and the passion about the game. Yeah, and by the way, the the constructive criticism that you did give me, I took that to heart, by the way, because you're absolutely right. I've always been the glass-half-full guy, the optimistic guy. I love the world of sport. I've gotten a little bit jaded. So when you made that comment last week, in all semi-seriousness, it did hit home a little bit. It shook me up. Well, not shook me up, but, uh, you know, rattled the cage a little bit, got me thinking you're absolutely correct. Got to stay positive. You know, life is short. Life well, is short. You get, at me, you get at me when I get jaded. Yes, I get well, more about like uh, politics. It's like a good, good, healthy relationship, big dog. We each pick each other up when we need to be picking up. So I appreciate that uh, little bit of advice. One guy that uh, sadly, and we need to talk about this, does not need any picking up anymore because he will be lying vertical or horizontal for a long, long time. The funeral yesterday in Penn State, uh, they were lined up four deep along the street as the funeral procession adulation. I'm all for it. I'm very little into the negativity on it. I, you know, I'm more and more on the positive, and I think it's. Uh, I'm amazed at how jaded some of the sports talk people, the media people, have been about this. But at any rate, the Joe Paterno funeral was held yesterday, big dog, and certainly adulation in Happy Valley. Yep. You know, it's, it's without a doubt the saddest story ever in the history of college sports that I know of that doesn't involve. Uh, plane crashes and like, and people dying, like just that this past year, like Oklahoma State. When everybody talks about the great tragedy in college sports this year, everybody brings up the whole Penn State Jerry Sandusky scandal, which it is. It's not second it is as, it is a scandal as everybody says it is. Second saddest. Forget, like, the saddest yeah, like, or saddest story is Northwestern University's bowl record. This is true. Don't forget there was also a plane crash this year. A couple of coaches at Oklahoma State and the yes. women's basketball program died. You know. Yep. You gotta look at stuff, you know. Yeah. 
But, uh, I, but I'm glad, you know, the people were able to come out and, uh, and memorialize uh, Joe Paterno, and it seemed to be without protest and without controversy, despite the, the yackers, at least in the Chicago area, who are speaking, and even some nationally, but uh, certainly a phenomenal coach, sadly, sadly passing away immediately after the scandal, and obviously the scandal had a lot to do with the, uh, the rapid failing of his health. I think it's 100% of it. Yep. Losing, the, losing the head coaching job. I mean, that just broke his heart. And also the whole Sandusky thing broke his heart. I mean, the whole package. And then you have lung cancer. Mm-hmm. You can only fight for so long, Coach. Yep. I hear you. 888-463-6748. Don't forget, by the way, tomorrow, Football Friday, here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show, be kind of a different Football Friday because we don't have a whole lot of football games to talk about, Big Dom, but we'll still get it done. And also, don't forget, next week, you will be uh, hosting some of the shows. I will be gone Monday through Thursday, but assuming there's not a snowstorm and I can get in okay, I will be here for Friday's uh, Super Bowl preview show next week. But, uh, Big Dog, the uh, Super Bowl preview talk the week before, I'm leaving in your good hands, and hopefully we'll have a variety of co-hosts assisting you. Well, you know what, Coach? M- next week might be a good time for me to actually get a bunch of trainings done that I need to get done mm-hmm. like in person. All right. So we'll have to talk about that off air. Yeah, we will do that indeed. Also on the docket, by the way, we uh, are down to, what, the final four, I think, of the Australian Open. Got to mention that real quick. One of the four major tennis tournaments, the land down under, the Australian Open big dog, uh, the men's final. What do we got, Andy Murray, Novak Djokovic, and how about Roger Federer meeting Rafael Nadell? That's a pretty good final four foursome in the semifinals. And I don't think you got one of their names right out of the four. Yeah, Nadal beat Roger Federer last night in... Uh, oh, that's over. Yeah, that's over. Was that before yeah. or after uh, Greg Schiano got named the head coach of Tampa Bay? It was before, believe it or not. Wow. What yeah. time last night? Uh, it's uh, The match started at 2.30 a.m. A.m.? Our time. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And I tried to sleep on the couch, so I'd wake up in the middle of it. That's what I was hoping, and I didn't. Didn't, didn't help at all, Coach, so I didn't get to see any of it. I kind of wanted to see uh, the two of them play. And who so won? I guess, so I, so who? Djokovic and Murray hasn't played yet. Wait, so who won who won the Nadell-Federer match? For, Nadell won, Coach. Wow. In four sets. Rafael Nadell. His actual name is uh, Victor Enrique Lopez. So we Now, Djokovic has not played Andy Murray yet, though. Djokovic hasn't Maria. Okay. What did I call him? Jacobic? Yeah, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I don't even get upset about it. I just get embarrassed. I just, hope, I just have to pronounce it right so people are listening and they don't think we're idiots. Mm-hmm. So All right. that's how I just started it before. All right. So we got the Joe Pop funeral out there. We got the Australian Open, uh, the NFL coaching carousel, baseball signings, in particular Prince Fielder and Tim Lensicum, big, big bucks. We got Indiana knocking off our Chicago Bulls first. Home loss for the Bulls yesterday, Big Dog, 95-90. to 90. And, of course, Luol Deng wasn't playing. I watched a brief, i got to tell you, I taped the game and was all set to watch it. And I watched the first five minutes, and you know what? i almost embarrassed to say this. Flipped off the tape and went to, I started watching the politicals. I was bored. It wasn't a really, it wasn't an entertaining game, Coach. It was I don't know how you can turn the channel. That was the most intense game the Bears, the Bulls have played all season long. Again, I think it was me more than I just, I I haven't, uh, 
enveloped into the end. I've been watching a ton of basketball, high school and college. I need to get back into the pro because I do enjoy watching the Bulls. But, I, yeah, I turned it off. But it turned into a very physical, very exciting game. You watched it, Big Dog? Coach, I watched from start to finish. Nice. I watched every play of the game. It was um, The Bulls definitely need everybody to get healthy. I'm going to say that right now because the Pacers are deep, Coach. They have nine really good players. They're built very similarly to the Chicago Bulls, except they have a little bit more talent on the front line than the Bulls do, and the Bulls have obviously more talent on the backcourt than the Pacers do. Now, you bring up the, the, the depth, and, you know, that was one of the things as I perused the box scores here. See, now, without having seen the game, I'll still make this comment anyways. Too much time for the starters. It's game what? The Bulls are what? Uh, 16. So game 20 of a long season. Game 20. And you got Ronnie Brewer, Carlos Boozer, Joakim Noah, Derek Rose, and Rip Hamilton all playing over 35 minutes a game. Kyle Korver, nine minutes. CJ Watson, 10. Omar Ashik, 12. CJ Watson played 10 minutes too many yesterday. He was horrible. That was his worst game of the season. He was bad. And he was bad not because he didn't play well. He was bad because he made bad decision coaches. Coach, oh. Just chuck, dribble on the court and shoot. Well, we were gonna, well, we were about to kick the TV in yesterday with CJ Watson. <laughs> not a good day for CJ yesterday. Yeah, the, the line on CJ Watson, uh, 0 for 6, 1 for 2 from the free throw line, 0 rebounds, 1 assist. Actually, that, yeah, that's, that's, it felt like you shot the ball 15 times though, coach. You mm-hmm. know, because when you take a bad shot, if you miss a shot that is in the rhythm of the offense, I'd be like, hey, come on guys, you know, hit your shot. But when you just take a blatantly bad shot, uh, even if you make it, I get angry about it sometimes. Coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, and that's what, that really cost the the Bulls in their last, uh, like in the second half yesterday, because the Pacers went on a run after like three bad CJ Watson shots in a row, and Thibodeau pulled them on the bench, put Derrick Rose right back in the game, mm-hmm. and uh, we were all like, "Come on, we're, we're going to run D Rose into the ground." What CJ Watson? What he has to come into the game and shoot because he hasn't played enough? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm getting? That, that was a problem early, early in his Bulls career, and I thought they had gotten over that, but apparently uh, they're still... Not yesterday. Okay. All right. In comparison, by the way, the Indiana Pacers had seven guys playing 20 minutes or, or more. Yeah, so and they that's have... the one weakness of Tom Thibodeau is, you know, he's got a good bench. I'm not saying play him a ton more, but I'd like to see some of the minutes from 38 and 40 down to 30. 30 or 32, and I'd like to see a Korver and a Sheik, a Taj Gibson, those guys, instead of 8, 9, 10 minutes, I'd like to see it 15, 16, 17 minutes. Yeah, uh, Omer Ashik should have played a lot more yesterday. You know, Thibodeau, that's the only complaint I have against him. The mm-hmm. only complaint is I think he just plays, he needs to play his bench more. They got to get, gotta get rid of him and bring in Pete Myers. Yep. Just, How about uh, the Indiana Pacers? Coach, they got seven players averaging in double figures. Yep. And I will tell you this, I, the guy's name is Frank. I forget his last name. I don't know a whole lot of the history, but after watching uh, them play in the playoffs last year and the way they perform early this season, one of the better young coaches in the NBA. I like this guy. Frank, what's his last name? I don't know, but he's got to quit biting his hand. Every time they showed him on the sideline <laughs> yesterday, he was biting his hand. Fingernails like, or hand? Yeah, eating, eating like the side of his fingernails. <laughs> like just chewing on his, like the meaty part of his finger. <laughs> it was disgusting. Woo. I mean, I'm not talking about like once. I think they like, because it was the bull speed, I was like, oh, he's got his hand in his mouth, and they kept doing it, coach. Because every time they showed him, we were cracking up. 
So we were really, this would be a good drinking game. Every time you see the coach with his mouth, yeah. hand in his mouth, you have to do a shot. Stacy King so, make any snide remarks? Stacy King was on his game yesterday. He didn't mention anything about him eating his hand, whatever, but he was, he's funny, coach. That guy <laughs> freaking funny. A uh, little college basketball. Oh, by the way, I got to make this one comment. You mentioned the Bulls game from start to finish. One thing that turned me off right off the bat, the Bulls, I watched the start of the game, kind of, I'm all set to, you know, watch the entire game. Bulls win the tip, goes in the backcourt, and I think it went to Derrick Rose, and I, and I watched, this is just from the tip, a little thing, but it bothered me. And Boozer, and who was the other guy? I think Rip Hamilton, both, who were on the side of the circle. As Rose brings it up, kind of just at 25% speed, strolling down the court with their head down. And again, I understand, you know, it's, you know, a 66 game season. These guys have played in the NBA for many a year, and it was the first tip of the game. But just, and I don't want to make a big thing about it, but it was interesting. Big Dad, the Bulls win the tip, and Boozer and Hamilton, like a couple of old men, just walked down completely disinterested in the first possession. By the way, which ended with Derrick Rose, I don't know if you watch this or not, driving to the basket, beating the entire defense, going up to the hoop, and laid it up short, hit the front of the rim. I started watching the game at six five Pacers. That's when I got. Okay. That's when I got home. All right. Well, between you and me, I covered the first two minutes, and you caught the rest of the game. So we got it covered. Very good. But you saw. So you saw the game all the way to six to five. <laughs> Actually, a little bit longer than that. Maybe. Okay. That's when I started watching. So okay. I saw Thibodeau call the timeout at ten to five, and no, dude, Thibodeau's got a good angry look. He can Thibodeau's get after. Angry look is good. Huh? The Thibodeau's angry look is pretty. Yeah, good. Yeah, he's solid. He's solid. It's not so much verbiage, it's the body language. The chest gets a little puffy, the eyes become insetted. I'm not, I wonder if he puts that like dark stuff under his eyes like the football and baseball players do. Well, I don't know about that. I just don't think he ever sleeps or does anything besides basketball. Hey, real quick, college basketball. I'm going to give you, you've been following college basketball on a scale of one to ten. What's your, what's your? For my typical mean, it's like three or two. I have not. I mean, Big Ten basketball, yes. Big Ten, yes. Then you won't be able to answer this question, but I did want to bring up a team and a player that we have not mentioned yet. No, it has nothing to do with my favorite team, Northwestern, before you turn the radio. Uh, Which team? Joe Wawanski. Or any listeners, 888-463-6748. Not getting a lot of mention, but have played like a top ten team, and their top player right now is a first-team All-American, and they're out of the Missouri Valley Conference. Oh, you're talking about that kid from Creighton. What's his name? McCoy. You got it. Except yep. it's McDermott. McDermott. Oh my goodness, that kid can shoot. He's uh, he's Wally Zerbiak, coach. He's this year's Wally Zerbiak. It's good. That's it's uh, going to be. Yeah, he's going to be a first round draft pick, and he is a very skilled player with a good body. He's an NBA player. Creighton Blue Jays. They lost their longtime coach Dana Altman. A lot of people thought the program, you know. Built under Dana for many and many years would fall apart. Second year under a new coach. They're 19 and 2. By the way, the new coach, his name is Greg McDermott. And he was able to recruit his son, but I'm telling you right now, Doug McDermott, maybe thus far into the season, I think he's the, the college player of the year right now. If you think about it, because what is it? It's not, was it True Holloway or what's the kid's name from, from uh, Xavier? Two. Two Holloway. Yeah. I mean, it, He's up for it. Anthony Davis, the Kentucky. No, those, neither of those guys have played as consistently as good as Doug okay. McDermott. 
But the problem is that we were talking about like major conferences as opposed yep. to, well, I guess, uh, eight ten isn't all that. Mm-hmm. Missouri, I don't, you know, Missouri's been phenomenal. They got upset yesterday, by the way. Number two team in the country getting knocked off by uh, Oklahoma State is freshman LeBrian Nash. L E and an apostrophe. LeBrian Nash scores twenty seven points. Big dog. I don't know if, if you will ever have offspring, but if you do have a son, may I suggest the name LeBrian Radwanski. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go with that. I think I'm going to go, like, with Hong. <laughs> you know what? Between the two, I think we want to go LeBron. <laughs> or maybe LeBrick. Who was it? LeBrickashaw? No, uh, DeBrickashaw. <laughs> DeBrickashaw Redwanski. That would be, the PA announcer would have a whole lot of fun with that name. No, DeBrickashaw is a pretty cool name, Coach. I don't care what any <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, if you think about it, he's the lightest offensive lineman in the NFL, and he's one of the best. The Brickishaw Ferguson is a man, Coach, and he's only like 285 pounds. Mm-hmm. Solid hamstrings, great pair of calves. If you look closely, the right gluteus slightly larger and puffier than the left gluteus, not that I looked that much. And uh, he, he, wallet disease? he can sink his hips as well as any football player out there, Big Doug. Yeah, sinking your hips, that's key, Coach. That's Keith. <laughs> uh, you're going to miss me next week, Big Doe. Believe me, you're going to miss have. me. Uh, football Friday next week. Don't forget Sunday, February 12th, Big Doe. We appear to be on the dock at a 7 o'clock appearance at the Playbook in Niles. You and me, we're not sure what the hell we're doing yet, but uh, we will be featured in a live, I don't know what you want to call it, a remote appearance, whatever, the dog and the coach at the Playbook. Have you uh, taken any notes, any ideas for this performance yet? Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to, but I'm thinking that sometime throughout the course of this afternoon, and even this weekend, because uh, like my my whole weekend opened up, Coach. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I might have some time to do that this weekend. Well, probably not, because you'll be doing the this year man thing, and uh, after the first couple hours, you might you might have plenty of time on your hands, but it might be behind bars if you cause a little problem at Soxfest. Uh, why would I cause a problem? It would be them causing a problem with me just because I'm like, this year is here. I'm telling you, that would be, it'd be, that'd be fun. Uh, just remember for both the uh, This Year Man appearance at SoxFest and for our remote at the playbook, D-E-D-O, D-E-D-O, drink early and drink often, Big Doe. <laughs> Coach, I say, that is not going to be an issue for me <laughs> yeah. this weekend. I'm, yeah. uh, I don't know if I'm going Saturday or Sunday. But how much are the tickets to get into the, those freaking things? Well, couldn't you be like, I think you'd be, you should be outside. Now you're right. You got to be wandering inside. Yeah, I'm going to be inside. Oh, What's boy. the? That would be so cool. Yeah, I don't know how much does it cost to get is, in. I mean, uh, like 30 bucks because I don't want to have to pay for me and Idris to get in. Yeah. And then so, uh, I mean, I don't know. How, it can't be that much to get in the socks best, right? 20 bucks maybe? Yeah. Interesting. Let me talk to you off air on that. It's a great idea. Okay. I would love to be there. Maybe if we had film and then you could put it up on our uh, on our Facebook page and people could see some of the highlights, if not the lowlights, of the This Year Man appearance. Yeah, this, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So uh, I'm going to do it, Coach. I'm telling you, I'm reviving This Year Man this year, okay? It's 2012. Right. If it isn't this year, I'm going with the whole thing that I'm not, like, when people tell me, the Mayan calendar says the world's going to end, I'm just going to, yeah, it does. I'm just going to tell them it does from now on instead of trying to uh, enlighten these people that it has nothing to do with the world. 
So uh-huh. I'm considered that. But as soon as I buy my food stores first, I need to do that first, Coach. <laughs> Beautiful. Big Dog, always a pleasure, my friend. We will uh, do a kind of a weirded off the court, but somehow we'll find a way. Football Friday tomorrow, okay? We'll come up with some creative things and we'll make some predictions both on the foot field, football field and off maybe some crazy things that have to do with the uh, Pro Bowl. But uh, we'll talk tomorrow and then head into the weekend, my friend. Behave yourself today. And- Sounds good. I don't know what you were doing yesterday, but you basically told me you couldn't talk about it. Sound like an undercover yeah. covert I operation. Go Love you guys. Bye, buddy. <laughs> Could you translate that, David? Okay. Yeah, I have no idea what that was. Based on what that was, I'm not sure if the big dog will be co-hosting tomorrow. So that might have been the last we ever hear of the co-host. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow. Two guys and a mic will try to do it a little bit more. On the straightened docket. A little bit of a weird show today. We apologize if we went off the beaten track, but sometimes off the beaten track is the best track we can take here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. Have a great day. 10 o'clock tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, if you choose to be with us tomorrow, we would be pleasured indeed.